Share up the live. Share up the live, my friends. Good night, villagers. Good night. And welcome to the... Well, let me wait for some people to come in your life first before I start to talk. Right? Yeah, that might help. Right. All right. Let me see if I get this share up this live now. Let me find this live to share up. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Heights room live. I share up the live, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, people, and welcome to Heights Room. Our, I believe it's our fourth installment for the live sessions. And yeah. this is our lockdown edition. And lockdown. Uh, fellas, fellas, I, t I shit you not. Every time the man bus a restriction, we live, you know. And it's not planned. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. The past three times oh, is on different days of the week. Right? Yeah. Every time you want to talk, we had already planned our lives. So it's working. I tell you, we're in the, we in the zone. In the zone. It's a height. It's a height. It's a height. It's a feeling. <laughs> it's a All right. So, right, so. we get from the KFC food truck. Getting our big feedback there from somebody, from somebody. Um, because. So, lockdown people, full lockdown this time around, right? Full back to where we were around March last year. Okay. We are before fashion. Right now, we were on just no restaurants and mm. no entertainment. Mm. We never had much entertainment going on anyway, so restaurants got the hit. However... He had allowed street food, which is mm. a big confusion, mm. right? Because I don't understand how it is you want to prevent people from moving around. And you know people mm. would want to move around for, you know, the usual, yeah, buy a food here and there. You say no KFC and so on, but you allow any cross and grand bazaar. So what you had, mm. again, the masses converge on the cross, <laughs> right? They were, it, you know? They converge mm. on the Grand Bazaar. Mm. And now they have no street food, no food, no retail at all. No retail. So Rattan's close. Mm. All right. Sports and games, all these brothers close, all the malls closed, only essential services. Right? Only essential services. And this brings us back to the issue we were having. A year ago where we had people out of work for months and the financial strain that put people through and people haven't recovered from that yet. And mm. at this point in time now, it's back to square one for a lot of people. A lot of people could not recover from that last lockdown and now they have no choice but to close their businesses. Um, this indoor facility, a real well-known indoor facility by Torian. Mm -hmm. Real go and use it to sweat and thing. Real state of the art vibes. They, 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 they say these are there, they, they're gone, they're yeah, done. They can't make with this one. They say this one means that's it, that's the end of that. So, you know, that hard. you really had to um, study the kind of hardship that people are going to be going through right now with regards to, to this lockdown now. You really had to study what it is people are going to do in these industries. Okay, bars closed. Bars were already suffering because you could not drink in the bar. Okay, and for good reason. Mm -hmm. Right, we could understand 
that there is a concern there with people bar hopping, which would have caused a lot of the random spikes that took place. But you see, the problem is that your boy come to the any suit and tie, so you don't know thing was going to take place. Right? Mm. Suit and tie mm. means full lockdown. So he mm. come in the suit and tie, and you know, he come and he started to scold people and do the usual antics. And I'm like, but NGC same man who like just together, they tell people if you feel into party, go to Tobago. If you feel into a flight, go to Tobago. Go yeah, to the okay. So that was a real thing? He really said it? Yes. Mm. Right? The man said that. And when you went to Tobago, you'd realize in Tobago, there was a different code. Police wasn't police wasn't getting on for nothing. People was telelaying. Right? <laughs> so so in the water, remember, beaches wasn't locked down. So in the water, right? They in the water, right? Mm. When you're in the water, you don't want to wear masks and people was in the, in the shallow one thing, people by the dozen. All right? The party was nice. The fetish is grand. Okay? Mm. Easter, right? They're going to celebrate the birth. And what now, mm. what we don't know is that. So what we have now is the spike that we were waiting for since Christmas. Well, since after Christmas, I would say. Christmas and Easter combine and boom. This was coming, right? But is the lack of maintaining a certain order that, I mean, it falls on the responsibility of Trinidadians to be a little bit um, conscientious. But it also falls within the purview of the ministries and so on to communicate things in a certain way that people understand why it is you have certain measures. And then there's also this, the, 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 mystification of whether the, 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 the COVID is as dread as it is and all these kind of things. Because a lot of people asking, why do people flout these re restrictions so much? Why do people just, you know, they take any chance to get... Like, so right now, as we speak, the cross and David Doubles and they lit because this is their last hurrah. Okay? <laughs> last, last week was KFC. Right? KFC mm. went... KFC pop off, right? Mm. Now, right now, the Doubles and all the, all the street food... They people, you know, by the, the dozen over there, and why do people follow these restrictions? So, why people don't take this thing seriously? And it is maybe because people really and truly don't believe that it is that serious. dangerous and that serious. And there is a area for debate there, but, right? But, but who, but who, waiting numbers that that prompt in this lockdown. What what is so bad in the numbers that 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 really okay? We had a lockdown now. The, the number of cases when they do their tests, the number of cases that coming in, which were like at a point a few months ago, you were getting like three, four, seven. ten, yeah, twenty, yeah. seven, right? We gone back right. to this 100, 200, 300. Right after Easter, right? Right after Easter, right? Right. Right after Easter. How much of those yeah. numbers is Trinidad and how much is Tobago? In what way? People who live in Tobago, people who, who went to, from Toronto. Correct. Because if, if the spike happened over Easter, I mean, I know Easter would have changed that much, but most people around Easter time, they'll go to Tobago. So mm -hmm. if it is, you end up with like 300 and you're yeah, yeah, normally between 300, 200, whatnot, whatnot. How much of that 300 is Trinidad and how much of that number is Tobago? Where did the infection take place? 
Well, no one really knows because the thing when it comes to contact tracing and information about this, that is what is really not very clear. People and right. there's also and there's also a lack of um and I I, I can't say who is at who's to blame here, but there's a lack of humanizing this virus, I would say in Trinidad. When you think about this virus right now, if you don't know somebody who personally suffer from it, you really mm. don't know what is going on with people and this virus, like how it look, how people just suffer, what you know, hear a story about nobody, there's nothing in the news that really tells you like that I would say humanize the, the situation now. You know, yeah. um, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know whose fault is that, but the point is that people don't really know that there is suffering that will take place due to this thing, and they just think that you know, well, yeah, get out with a virus going wrong, it might kill some old people, and mm. and you know that that seems to be the the word because yeah. people just don't they they the scare tactic and not even scare tactic, but the fear that was there when you think now was. Not right. there anymore. But now yeah. people, people will get a little afraid now because they see numbers. But actually, what do they fear? Is they right. not really sure what, what, they, what, what it is they fear, really and truly. Yeah. You know? but, but, you see, mm-hmm. but you see, here's the concern I have, though, Peter, before the, before the conversation move in that direction. Mm-hmm. A properly administered, I mean, it's an emergency situation. So you can't always have things, you know what I mean, running like a well-oiled machine and that kind of thing. But I mean, if Trinidad and Tobago had gotten numbers down to 10 and 15 and that kind of thing, you would have imagined that you would have had a certain level of control of the system at a certain point in time. When you have control of a system at that stage, here isn't really a factor. You understand? That really shouldn't be a factor to, to try and control people to do certain things. And why I mention that is that the lack of information or, or, or the selective lack of information to me it breeds this sort of this sort of fear based sort of system and everybody you talk to you know they're on edge you know i mean the economy wasn't great before you know what i mean and that edge that precipice just start to continue even yep. more hey big up our boss our brethren on, 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 on yeah the and like, a, and like dj bless man that'll big him up yeah, so you know, it is a matter of you know something from that perspective, and even like I could say from out here, um, the responsibility of social distancing and so on is that of the organization, you know, Kata. So if you go in Bank of Guam or if you go in FSM Bank or if you go in um this fast food place and whatnot, they as private institutions, their responsibility is to ensure social distancing and all. So when I see what happened with KFC and that kind of thing, and people, are not, you know, you're, you're, you're playing the ass and ting, 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 and, you know, Chinese have it. Um, whose responsibility is that? So in other words, and I talk into a point where um, the banks actually had certain chaperones who they actually, they actually redesigned certain portions of the bank because you could design these things. If you had to go six feet apart, you could design certain controls whereby people always stay six feet apart. So when you have a mad scene where, you know, people line up and there's this big mass of crowd and that, that is a design issue, you understand? So, so to me... Engineers, like, right, and, and why I'm mentioning that, Cutter, is that, and, and you're seeing it in, in, in the comments, you're hearing it in, in, in people's responses, people issue isn't so much the lockdown, you know, is that the lockdown coming with exactly the same measures as a year ago. 
So it's like if we didn't learn anything. You understand what I'm saying? And exactly. That and that's the problem. That is the real problem, eh? That is the real problem I'm seeing. I'm seeing that it's just like we're going in a circle. You know? Mm -hmm. It's just a total circle. Um, yeah. You know, and I want it at 360 and you're back to where you started now. You know yeah, what Justin, I mean? Justin was saying that in the comments there. Same place a year ago. Ooh, nothing right. changed. We didn't move. We didn't move. Right. Now, what we really have to wonder now is at what price do we, does this lockdown come? You know? And we have a guest with us tonight. All right. Um, I know I promised you all last night we'll be having a guest on, and he's here tonight. So we're going to bring on now Dr. Rajiv Siram. Now, Dr. Siram is a doctor who works in the private sector, and he is also a authority on the area of nutrition, he's a nutritionist, and he also deals specifically with people with diabetes and so on. So we are bringing on Dr. Siriam right now to join the conversation because Dr. Siriam has a lot of takes on the situation that you may not hear as much. So let's bring him on at this point in time. Good night, Dr. Siriam. All right, so we, we're hearing you good there. Let, let me just see if the level's good. Right. So, hearing you kind of kind of kind of soft. So, if you could, um, Shankaran, if you could mute for a second, so let me just see if we get now. better, much better. Yes, much better, much better. So, I guess that's what's going on there, right? Um, so, let me, Rajiv, so, so thank, thank you for inviting me. Uh, right, um, yeah, well, it's a pleasure Shankara, to have you. And Torian, yeah. Yeah? That's yeah, correct? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so good night, guys. Right. Now, again, like many guests, we do share the same alma mater, but um, at that at that juncture in life, we never really had any kind of dealings. So you know, I really um, it's my first time really conversing with you in this way. But um, let me ask you, since the topic right now is the the lockdown, how? effective do you think this lockdown would be in your mind's eye in terms of limiting or, or having a meeting at aim with limiting the virus right right it's going to appear very very effective mm -hmm. it's going to appear eff effective why appear right right so so the data on, on lockdowns the effect of lock lockdowns are conjectural, really. Uh, if you really look at the lockdowns, really, the lockdown is a sort of broad term, right? So there are two ways to really stop the spread of the virus. One is what you call pharmaceutical, which is still being sort of worked out by the, the vaccine industry and so on. All right. Or rolled out, I'd say. And the other one is non-pharmaceutical interventions. And non-pharmaceutical non interventions really are all kinds of different things. Basically, masks, uh, social distancing, standing six feet away from people in a line, um, masks in the car, if you, if you could count things like that. Um, of course, um, uh, controlling crowds in, in businesses, closure of schools, yeah, um, and closure of what you'd call non-essential businesses. I'm not too sure. Um, which particular businessman would accept that designation? But right. So, so it's a, a whole bunch of different things. Um, but I think when we talk about lockdowns, we talk about the most severe type of um, how would you say um, 
social restriction in that all your non-essential businesses are closed and uh, um, people are advised to sequester inside. So you're advised right. to basically stay at home. Right. And I have to say, um, during the first outbreak, I was one of the first persons to actually institute that for my family. Right. Um, I saw what was coming. I saw it was a tsunami. We saw the footage right. in in in, in um, Italy and so on. And for right. me personally, I stocked up on N95 masks. I even bought right. gloves. Right. And I um I closed my practice for two months straight. Okay. Um, because I just didn't know what we were dealing with. I had no clue what we were dealing with, and I think um it's better to be cautious than dead. Um, that was in March, so. February, March, March, April. By May, I think we had a pretty good idea what we were dealing with. Right. And um, in fact, I was, I was totally against lockdowns by that time. Because I realized during that time, I, I tried to operate um, just doing telemedicine and so on. Mm-hmm. And I realized by me not actually being there in person and functioning as a doctor, I probably was having um, more adverse outcomes with outcomes. my patients right. right right um, and you deal with patients who um you know have the kind of comorbidities as they would they would say with people who have to get vaccinated so like diabetes and and so on right yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean um a simple thing like this um i could tell you anecdotally um just having a patient sit down at home um, averting healthcare because they are frightened of, of going to the hospital and nursing a heart attack, you have, and I'm pretty sure of it, that you had more deaths due to healthcare aversion over 2020 than um, COVID deaths. Because when you calculated the COVID deaths spread across 2020, it amounted to about 0.4 persons a day. 0.4 persons a day. Right. Um, and in fact, in Trinidad and Tobago, you have about 11,500 deaths a year, which amounts to about 34 deaths a day. That's without COVID. So I'm just giving you some perspective yeah. on, on, on exactly the effect of mortality that COVID had. So um, really, um, as we roll back the, the services in the healthcare sector, it would have been more devastating to overall uh, morbidity and mortality than COVID would have ever, ever been. Um, when it comes to the present lockdown, um, I think that at the time we were just experimenting because we had no idea what we're dealing with. What was going on? We, we, what we were seeing, we were, we were envisioning a, a tsunami of persons in the hospital with people on gurneys outside and so on. And what I realized is that that particular variant that hit us, which I, I would have said it was here in February, it it really wasn't that um, it wasn't that bad. Okay. So you, um, you think it was during carnival? Yeah, I I think so. Um, I had my first um, suspect case in so February and the end of February. Okay. So when you say you had your like, you mean into your practice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah okay. Because we all we all seeing these cases. There's nothing you can do about that. But but <laughs> but did your but did did that suspect become? Um, uh, well, 
I'm what was sure. the outcome? What was the outcome of that? Patient lived. I can't go into the details, but no, I can no, tell course, you that course, time, yeah. I had yeah. no interactions. I had no interactions with the patient. Okay, okay, I, okay, okay. I, I stood far back. The patient was in a car. Okay. okay. I, I, I gave them a BP monitor and I gave them. So it was, it was a pretty scary thing because we had no idea what we're dealing with. What was All we know about is asymptomatic transmission. And we saw pictures of people in Wuhan collapsing on the street. And it, it is a really frightening situation. You know, right. but 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 now as time as time has passed, right? And as you say, Wuhan, you say Italy, you say preparing prepare for the tsunami, yeah. right? And then you mentioned that by the time May hit around, you were against lockdowns. What what is the real change now? What is the what what is it not a tsunami anymore? Is it not um is it a well a it small totally is now this whatever is going on now, we're facing something unprecedented in Trinidad. By the time we had the first lockdown. It was already too late in Trinidad. It was pointless, I would say. Um, I, my own lockdown started, as I said, in in, in March. That's my own personal lockdown. Right. Because at that point in time, we had persons coming in from China and so on. By the time the government decided to lock down, because they allowed carnival and everything to go, um, I don't think it would have made any difference. Because what happens is that the virus, if you look at the natural history of the virus, you have about a week, up to two weeks of incubation period. But basically, it's a week, about six days. And then that's the time when the patient is really asymptomatic, but infected. Then you have about a pre-symptomatic period, which is about two to three days, where they are actually infectious, but asymptomatic. Then you have about a two-week period where the patients become symptomatic gradually. And if left untreated, um, they can, in a very small portion of them, progress to some kind of pulmonary lesion that could be fatal. You could land them in the hospital. So you have this... You have this protracted course, and that's what's so frightening about COVID. I've never seen a virus like this before. Like this. It's as if the virus was designed. To be maximally contagious. Right. You know, so, wait, wait, wait. Just yeah. before, before we say, saying maximally contagious, right? Yeah. You're saying that it, 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 it spread like wildfire, you're trying to say? Like it, it, well, basically, you remember, if you get a normal virus, right, mm -hmm. um, let us say influenza virus, or let's say you have some, you know, the cold virus or something like that, you start to sneeze, you get a fever and so on, you say, well, wait, mm -hmm. now, something is wrong with me, I said, yeah, 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 pick up on it, yeah, but, yeah, 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 you say, but, but, so you basically, you self, you self um, isolate, mm -hmm. okay, you're not going to walk around and say, well, listen, but this is a case where um, people may be spreading it, not as much right. as we thought it was. Right. right. So, so how is this supposed? How is this person supposed to act responsibly if they don't know that they have a virus? In fact, right. I think maybe maybe thirty to fifty percent of persons will never manifest any symptoms, or right. never ma manifest any symptoms. What you will call they will be subclinical. So maybe you get up one day, little, you know, if the weather, and then you feel better the next day and you go about your business. It's not something that's trigger that's going to trigger you to say, "Oh gosh, I have COVID," right? Besides, most people don't even want to think they have COVID, <laughs> right? So, so is what you say is almost like subclinical. It's just mild. It's so mild, right? So you have a disease here that is that basically it it, it tricks people so that they cannot act responsibly to stop the spread, right? Which means. What really occurred to me, what dawned on me during those two months when I was locked up at home, was that you can't stop the spread. <laughs> right. 
you mm. you really you you probably cannot stop the spread. It, it's a frightening prospect to actually think of that. But I mean, unless you completely halt society, you grind society to a halt, and somehow you're able to isolate all the reservoirs of the virus and eliminate it altogether. I mean, the death toll from that is going to be catastrophic. For example, if you look at India, mm. you would say that India, I think, went up to 3,000 deaths a day. Yeah. Which, of course, by comparison to the daily death, death rate in India, which is about 27,000 persons per day, that's without COVID. Right. It's still not acceptable. But it, mm. it's, you know, relatively, it's nothing compared to what's going on in New York and what went on in Italy and what's going on in Canada and so on. Right, the death rate in the death rate in, in India is about 140 persons per million. That's mm. the death rate. That's the death. If you look at places like New York and so on, it's more than 2,000 persons per million. So, question. Right? Uh, so, well, if you look at India, the lockdown really you can see that about two million persons are under the threat of hunger. If you have two million persons severely weakened because of a lockdown, in fact, the granaries are full, but you can't go and walk and get the, um, the, they might rip you in the street and say, go back in your house. So if there's food there, but you can't access it, okay, you could imagine what the death toll would be. You have a whole weekend, you have two million persons going into starvation. And, and, and of course, the immune system is shot by that time. So you have children dying, you have all kinds of, right? So what we're saying is that the lockdown can they can be catastrophic depending on the society's capacity to buffer it. If you work in from home and use IT specialists, well, all right, well, no problem. <laughs> right, right, right. So is but, it, uh, it, if the, so if, if I understand what you're saying correctly, is it fair to say that perhaps not that lockdowns don't work, but perhaps how these lockdowns are executed, they might help a little better? Sorry, can you repeat that? So I'm, what I'm asking is, so it's essentially you're saying just put in a blanket lockdown, not going to help anything. It didn't help anything. It won't help anything. But if those lockdowns were executed It depends on the timing. Would that have made a difference? Yeah. Um, well, I think the lockdown would have to start in February. Really, when you really think about it, the, uh, uh, the, the governments around the world will find it very, very hard to justify a lockdown if you do not have a state of panic in the society by way of, a, of an increase in numbers or deaths. If you're not seeing anything, right? If you have a very slight increase in numbers, right? Remember the, the reproductive number of the disease is about three. So you can probably work it out mathematically. If you have 10 cases, Besides which, if you detect 10 cases, you probably have, I don't know, maybe 50 cases or so, okay? But if you start to see an outcropping of cases somewhere, then it means, and it will be small numbers at the time, I suppose. But if you see something like that happening and people becoming symptomatic, I mean, now you have to try to justify a lockdown when things are not looking so bad. It's a very difficult situation for the politicians. It's a very, very difficult situation. How to time the lockdown. If you want mm. me, I can show you. I, I, we can show you. There are several studies that have been looking that looked at it. Right? Um, one study, um, this is by a Stanford, Stanford group. They looked at the effect of lockdowns 
in um, several countries compared to um, that's not trying to pull it up here. Yeah, yeah, take it down, take it down. Yeah, hold on. Huh? Assessing the effect of lockdowns. Let me see if I could share this and you can see. Shall I? Shall I share it? Yeah, yeah, share. Mm -hmm. That will we bring you up. <laughs> Go right ahead, man. Go right ahead. Right, let me see how you're sharing this screen now. Sharing is caring. All right, All right sharing is caring. Shankara, Shankara, quiet there, boy. I'm thinking. You're thinking, you're thinking, <laughs> thinking, you're hearing thing. All right. I still not convinced that thing was here during carnival, eh? I still not convinced. Mm -hmm. But I mean, remember, I was wondering about that too. I was remember, wondering. You remember in the majority of people, right? Mm -hmm. It's very, um, very mild. Yeah. So if you have a whole, mm -hmm. I talk about the vast majority. Yeah. So you yeah. can have a whole bunch of people with a mild sore throat and get over. The question is when the virus catches the right person. The right group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then it registers as a death. Tricky, tricky real tricky. I, it, it, you understand? It, 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 then you register. Then it says, oh, wait, there's something new here because this person is getting short of breath, very short of breath and so on. The vast majority of persons are not going to have it. And when you look at families, when you look at families, I don't know. Are you seeing this here? Not yet. Not yet. You're not seeing it. If not you look at, up on our screen yet. All right, just now. Stop here. If you look at families that have the virus, what you will see is that you have about five persons in the family and everybody is good except one person. And when you test them, they're all positive. Mm. Yeah, they, they're all positive. Let me see if mm -hmm. I get this here. How? Just I don't know if it is, that is a, that's an interesting, interesting comment to say because I hear anecdotally, of course, it would be really good if we get some solid numbers that you have entire families in the hospital or entire families that have passed or like in the case in, I believe, in Nova Hello. Scotia. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, Ontario family moved to Nova Scotia. They had a housewarming party. All of a sudden, numbers went up in that tongue again because the exactly. Ontario family clearly brought it in. So what we have here is a situation where the the virus affects people very differently. And and people start, people try to say, listen, you know, it's only old people and this and that. But because I'm young, it's not a big deal. I, I tell people, don't think that way. Okay? You can have, you can be 30 years and you can get a severe form of the disease. And then you can, you could still live, of course. You could live. But you could have some kind of residual issue with the lungs. Right? Or you could have gone through a period where you have some kind of myocarditis or something. You have some kind of, of uh, uh, you know, uh, um, fibrosis in the lung setting afterwards or something like that. Right? The whole idea is that people's reaction to the virus, I, I like it to be like a reaction to, like an allergic reaction to peanuts. Most people can eat peanuts and they're perfectly fine, right? But for some reason, you might be the unlucky person that eat the peanut and all of a sudden you have an aphylactic reaction and you die. So it is an interaction between your immune system and the virus that makes the virus uniquely deadly in some people. Right. right? So, right. so there's some interaction there. Right. 
and I'm yeah. sure that if you go in the literature, you'll hear about things like cytokine storm, and you'll hear about, um, you know, people have kinds of autoimmune, all sorts of immune reactions like um, thrombocytopenia and all kinds of different things, right? Yeah. So it affects but right? So, yeah. so we are supposed to, as medical professionals, I would suggest we were supposed to be able to pick up those persons who are developing those mm. reactions and try to get them urgent medical care. Now, there is, of course, some data on early care, early outpatient care, things like de dexamethasone and so on, and some other therapies that have come under a lot of um, controversy, right? Things like ivermectin and so on. And, right. and I think it was, and I've been a supporter from the very beginning for an early outpatient treatment approach where you don't leave patients to sit down at home with Panadol because that's what we're doing now. The Western, the Western societies have basically taken on, I would suggest, a strategy of therapeutic nihilism. There is nothing you can do. Just mind the virus. Stay home and mind the virus. Just take mm. Panadol and wait it out. And if you happen to go into some kind of advanced um, respiratory problem, so you, you'll find it desaturating or something, call the ambulance and they'll put you in ICU. That has been the strategy throughout. And it is a mm. deadly strategy. Right? No but, early outpatient care. Yeah, but Doc, right. let, let me ask this. Let me ask this question, Doc. Um, so, in respect yeah. to the lockdown itself, and with the lockdown I'm talking about is yeah. this current lockdown that we're facing, is it that um, you know people look at it as a measure to control uh, the spread of the virus? But in my mind, is it actually acting as you would see a drop in the numbers, as you mentioned, it will appear, it will appear to, to improve the situation. But really and truly, that is just people just being forced to stay home. And as soon as they come back out, they will start to report cases again. So in other words, the lockdown but, itself is just helping the, the numbers. The virus is following a seasonal pattern, right? It has it, it has an epic curve where you have a wave and it goes down on its own. Right. 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 So and it, it probably depends on the novelty of the variant in the population. Right. So if mm. you probably have a new and this is and again, there's so many things unknown about the virus that we are we are just kind of uh, making educated statements, educated guesses. Right. But as far as I can no. see, it looks as if uh, you guys still there. Yes, yes, yes. You yeah, guys yeah, still yeah, there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it we looks ain't. as if when a new variant hits the hits the, hits a country, you have a massive surge, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, now we're not really doing a lot of studies. I think they said it had about less than ten P one variant or something, but it's probably more than that. It's probably more than that mm -hmm. in Trinidad. Right? We don't know. We we really never knew mm -hmm. it. <laughs> we, right. we don't really have that kind of uh, contact tracing that. Uh, that we could really pick up when when they when they studied uh, highly um, dense populations like in Pune, India, and so on, as in Maharashtra, and so they found that fifty percent of the people in the country in the, in the area were actually seropositive. They had antibodies already. It means that the virus is spreading very very fast. That's like in India, mm -hmm. yeah. So if you go and you mm -hmm. do a survey, you go and you do a, a serology survey, you see, but wait now, half of the people may have COVID. You don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that our testing, our testing depends on persons. It, it, it really has an element of hysteria. If you're scared, you will go and get tested. Now, when we come back to the lockdown, right, I'm trying to share this thing here. Um, 
Not sure. Where is it? How can I share this? Why can I share this screen? Are you seeing my screen? Are you seeing my screen? No, it's not common. I don't know if it's because we have four people only live or anything like that. Think oh. can... I'm not sure. Let me um, let me. Yeah. Let me, let me um, we'll drop on a wiener. Yeah, 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 let me. Yeah, let me. Yeah, let me. If I can do that. Let me see how it is now. All right. You seeing that? Look like you seeing that? No. You hit you hit share right next to comes. Yeah. Anything? I don't know. Nothing. Mm -hmm. All right. Let me just. I suppose we could just read it. Um. So 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 at least in this study, I suppose what we could do. I mean, we could just chat. But although I would, I would like to show show you something. See uh, if you can send me a link. If, can, if, it, if there's any way you could send me it on WhatsApp or on, the, on a link or anything, we could um mm -hmm. I could try to show it. But you could keep on like um I want to open up the the line for a bit for the people who may have um who may have questions to just okay. um, interact with them. So in the meanwhile, probably you could send me um that on WhatsApp and I could see if I could pull it up or if it's uh, whatever it is, I'll link. See if you could send me it on WhatsApp and I'll see if I could if I could pull it up. I don't know why that isn't working now because that that no, was. Uh, that, I wouldn't sport. be able to um, navigate it if it's on your side. All right, all right. Well, we can we can send all right, no, that's okay. per se. You can that's okay. read the data if you want. So, yeah. So, so really trying to pass the effects of the different non-pharmacological interventions, right? Um, the, these guys in Sanford, they um, they designed some models and so on, and they looked at what you would call. Um, uh, uh, more restrictive versus less restrictive measures. Less restrictive measures being things like, okay, um, you know, don't have 100% persons in church, go for 50%. Okay, try to wear some masks, things like that. What they found is that in Sweden and South Korea, the, um, which did not adopt those very strict interventions, meaning lockdown of businesses, lockdown of businesses, mm -hmm and sequestration at home, as in stay home orders. So that's why we are kind of headed into that now. Lockdown of all businesses and stay at home orders. Those are the very, what you call restrictive um, uh, um, options, right? Those things did not have any different, it did not create any difference in outcome versus other countries like Spain, the United States, England, France, Germany, Iran, Italy. It didn't, cha it didn't change the outcome really. And um, there's a very nice article that was done um, by this guy, and he looked at it, and he's and yes, he looked at outcome measures around the world, and what they found was that the majority of lockdowns they started after um, the virus had already spread, and the viral, the, as I said, the viral, the the the, the viral, the virus has a natural epicurve; it it comes and goes on its own, whether you lock down or not. So sometimes you attribute the success of the attenuation of the curve to the lockdown mm. when it really, you know, it, it's not necessarily that. It's yeah. marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the politician, the politician can claim success. Right, In fact, it's marketing. Yeah. Yeah, the politician, they strengthen their position because COVID is a very interesting tool for the politicians. Very, very right. interesting tool. Because it allows you to have um, 
a very um, unusual amount of power over a populace. Mm -hmm. um, and the populace actually calls upon it. It's like a kind of self-flagellation. People are saying, um, yes, lock us down, please. Please close mm -hmm. my business down. It's like you're flagellating yourself. Right? Mm. It's a strange thing. It's a very strange thing. All right. I want to open up the um, line now for anybody who wants to call in. You can call the number on screen with a question. So um, I'll, that's a very interesting um, that's a very interesting term you use there, self-flagellation. <laughs> right? Um, I don't think anybody in Trinidad too into that. Right? Well, not mm -hmm. in this case. <laughs> um, so one question we have in the comments, um, Doc, is uh, you mentioned earlier that uh, the current approach in terms of like stay home and take a panadol and, 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 and then come in if things got, get bad. Um, what do you think would have been a better out, outpatient approach to the COVID? Right. So, so this is where um, things get a little, or I would say highly controversial. Um, mm. There are different there's actually a movement of doctors and health professionals around the world that um, really call for a different approach, which is an early aggressive outpatient approach. Um, some of it might be the use of a bit of steroids early on so that you can actually stop the inflammatory process. Mm. Uh, some of it as well involves the use of, of course, high doses of vitamin D and zinc. Uh, there's some decent evidence for that. There's a meta-analysis that came out for ivermectin as well. And there's some meta-analyses for, for HCQ. But HCQ, of course, um, became uh, the subject of much ridicule after it was touted by Trump. Mm -hmm. so, and that kind of buried it, which is, which is a bit unfortunate. Really, we didn't have time to develop a, a vaccine safely and fully test it. So really from a pragmatic approach public health approach it would make sense to look into repurposing therapies that are known to have antiviral properties and that have a very well established safety profile and that could have and i would suggest that could have cut the death rate down by by something by significant a significant amount but right. you see things again very very controversial so you know Right, I have a caller on the line here. So, yes, caller, you would like to ask a question, I believe? Yeah, hi, good night. You'll hear me? Hi. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, what I want to ask you, Doctor, um, I'll put a question, and then, I don't know, uh, Cutter, if I could ask more than one. Um, yeah, hi. Right, so, so um, could, you, could you have COVID but not have fever? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Right. For sure. Because, have some people. Because yeah. mm -hmm. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. <clears throat> no, it's just because you know, like that, that's one of the things that a lot of these places using as a marker. So when the temp with the temperature gone now, so I was at one point I wondered if you know because sometimes you hear about people having it, and some of them say they didn't have fever. So I was just wondering, you know. What is it? And then I didn't hear, like in the press conference and stuff like that, I didn't hear anything else about, well, what are the range of symptoms basically that you could possibly have, you know? Right. Um, 
Yeah, I mean the whole mark symptom with 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 um COVID is um well fever yes, a feeling of severe weakness like what you call asthenia. Asthenia, you're just feeling mash up <laughs> like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the other very unusual aspects of it that distinguishes it from to me most other viral infections is um is loss of smell what they call ansomia loss of smell and 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 person also has loss of appetite too um okay so so but you, but but to tell you the truth as i said plenty of people don't have any symptoms at all now the question is how relevant is an asymptomatic person to the spread of the disease and um i think they are less when they say carriers these carriers then are less spreaders than we we, we previously thought although in your pre-symptomatic state that's about two to three days before you become symptomatic i think that there is significant viral shedding enough for you to actually spread the disease so yeah so that's pre-symptomatic but that's different from asymptomatic yeah Okay. And I think that's the next and, part of the question, too. Yeah. Yeah. And with regards to the vaccine, what, so like, I mean, I'm hearing some information from you that I didn't really hear before. So, what are your thoughts on the vaccine? Um, I know people are talking about this one from Cuba. I don't know what it, you know, like, I don't know if you have any info on it or anything like that. Really? I have no idea. Right, so, the Cuban vaccine. Well, they bring up something very interesting there, Carla. So I think they want to take us down a whole next well now. So we thank you for calling. And we're going to touch on that, that topic now of the vaccine. So thanks so much for calling. No problem. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, I so guess... The caller call on the ball, man. The caller know where we're going with this. All right? Right? Thanks for calling. Um, the vaccine. The vaccine, yeah. The vaccine that is really now so lockdown was one thing lockdown is one thing lockdown here lockdown everywhere right but vaccine now retail a little while we know about lockdown we don't know about vaccine that much we don't know the efficacy of it we don't know the um the access to it right now we had forty thousand that was supposed to be for the first dose then second dose supposed to come all of this what what are your foremost thoughts on the vaccine itself, Doctor? Um, on the vaccines. So 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 let me start from the outset. Um, the vaccine would be the most expeditious solution for this pandemic. Okay. And the vaccine has to have certain characteristics in order for it to actually make a permanent dent and to actually get us out of this. The vaccine has to have durable efficacy. Efficacy meaning that it, it 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 stops, it prevents the virus, or it prevents people from dying from the virus. And it has to last long enough. And I could hope that it is it is relevant to the strains that are upcoming. Um, there are there there is a lot of controversy around the vaccines, which I would suggest is not really um at least in the sphere of social media is not um given its proper hearing um the current vaccine so if we take for example the astrazeneca vaccine the astrazeneca vaccine 
was trialed in about 20,000 health healthcare workers in Brazil, South Africa, and the UK. And um, the the mean follow up for that was about 3.4 months. So we have 3.4 months of data on the AstraZeneca vaccine. Um, the vaccine itself has a touted efficacy of about 70%. Um, the number of persons who actually contracted the virus during that um, trial, and let me just open it here, was actually quite low in both groups, the control arm and the trial arm. So what we we really, let me see here, antibody, I, I, too much things for me to remember everything, but if I, I just pull up the um, safety and efficacy. So this is by voice here, Tal. This came out in, this is what, Lancet, yeah? So, so, so what they found was that uh, the efficacy, vaccine efficacy was about 60 received standard dose. And, and they also, they did something interesting. They use a low dose too. So they wasn't, they weren't too sure what the best spacing was for the vaccine. Should it be four weeks? Should it be 12 weeks? They're not too sure. They're just trying now. Okay. So they found it was about 62% if efficacious. Um, in the control group, so the control group were people who got meningitis vaccine. Uh, so it was actually a trial that studied persons who were aged 18 to 55. So these persons were aged 18 to 55. And the control group were vaccinated with a meningitis vaccine. And well, and the, the test group was the the Chado the X, which is the, the um, AstraZeneca vaccine. What they found is that there were there were 27 cases just now. Right, 27 plus 60, right. Um, right, just 27. So there are 27 cases who got the virus in the vaccine group and 71 in the control group. So that yielded an efficacy of of sixty two, and that's in the standard dose. And in the low dose, which is something they just experimented with, they found the efficacy was ninety percent. So it, it actually prevented the virus ninety ninety percent, right? So this was uh, um, three persons. Three persons got the the virus in the control group versus thirty persons in sorry. Three persons got it in the vaccine group versus 30 persons in the control group. I want you to try to understand what I'm saying here, right? Yeah, we're looking at to. a trial here. We're looking at a trial here that involved about uh, 40,000 persons, okay? Right. And the number of positive cases, yeah? So the where they generated this number of 90% efficacy was that three persons in the vaccine group, which is... In the this is in low this is the low dose, eh? Three persons got it and thirty persons got it in the control group. Do you, do you understand what we're saying here? That is that is in the low dose. And in the standard dose, it was um twenty-seven persons got it in when they got if they got the vaccine, 
versus 71 persons got it if they got the control group. This is a very, very small number of persons. When, when, when you say when they got the vaccine versus control group, what's the difference there? Control group is meningitis vaccine. So if people got meningitis vaccine, okay? Mm. Oh, okay. They, yeah, yeah. So, so, so like in the, in the persons, among the persons who got meningitis vaccine, 71, 71 of 4,000, what is this here? 71 got the um the virus versus 27 got the virus in the vaccine group so this is where you generate this is actually the data i will share these papers you all can look at it this is the actual data that was taken to the bank so this is what we're using to say okay we're going to vaccinate a few billion people right the mm, data is very 40, yeah it's not no 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 it wasn't forty thousand. Eh? Four thousand. Yeah, yeah. It was in total um, 23,848 persons in the age group 18 to 55. Okay, so this was okay. not in the target age group. You remember that the vaccine, when they rolled it out, they took it straight to persons over 80 and straight to persons over 70. Mm -hmm. So what this is saying is that, okay, it seems to work. And more than that, what they found too was that it reduced hospitalization in the vaccinated group the persons who got the vaccine on the question versus meningitis, it reduced hospitalization a little bit and it also reduced the cases of severe. So so in in the persons who get the meningitis group, you had one meningitis vaccine, they had one person who got severe, and and you had I'll tell you six plus five that's eleven. You had sixteen persons who ended up in the hospital. In the meningitis vaccine group versus two in the in the Chadwick, in the in the AstraZeneca group. So right. these are very kind of small numbers, right? right. So, so there are certain so, questions that still remain. Remember that the follow-up mm -hmm. is three point four months. Mm -hmm. The follow-up is mm -hmm. three point four months, right? And so we really don't know what happens after that. Also, we don't okay. know what variant the vaccine was trialed on. Because back then, when they were doing it, they didn't know about the variants. So we really don't know those things. You understand? Right. But it, it looks so, good. It looks good it at looks this good. time. It looks good. It looks good. But it looks all right. Relatively. Yeah, I mean, relatively. It's, not, it's not real convincing. Yeah. It's a small, small number. But it's right. all right. It's not looking bad. But, right? but Doc, let, let, me ask this, let me ask this question, Doc. Um, I mean, right. they're talking about basically pushing towards vaccination and vaccination being the main hope in terms of treating with, you know, the way forward with COVID and that kind of thing. But I notice that uh, we are getting guidance. Basically, people below 16 um, shouldn't get uh, the vaccine. Is it that because for them to get vaccinated, is it that they're looking for some sort of herd immunity effect with everyone, everyone being vaccinated above 16 and therefore they will never vaccinate people below 16? How, how it is they looking to treat with well, you, you really cannot now try now we have to understand this this data that i'm reading to you is what you call interim analysis right mm -hmm. it's 3.4 months of data the average mm -hmm. vaccine um trial phase three trial sorry mm -hmm. the average vaccine cycle right. is about 10 years or more right it takes about 10 years or more and the reason for that people would say well all right look now we have modern technology, we could develop vaccines faster, we could develop drugs faster. 
you may be able to di to discover a drug faster. Remember, these vaccines are totally novel technology. Yeah? The, the, this is totally novel. Both of them are totally novel. The the AstraZeneca vaccine is a is a what you call adenoviral vector vaccine, with yeah. a, a DNA a DNA um version of the the the, the um the coronavirus spike protein, right inside right. it a new type of tech is a new type of biotech right so usually it will take about 10 years to really generate uh, any substantial safety data mm -hmm. right now so what they what these vaccines have been granted are uh, emergency use authorization um the mm -hmm. fda didn't it, it would have been the european version of the fda granted right. the AstraZeneca. yeah, yeah mm -hmm. right so so they, they they said okay emergency use authorization right mm -hmm. but but really, the, the 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 safety data does not exist for you to trial it in children, as yet. Right, right. right. Uh, uh, as yet, right. Okay. So what they did is they said, okay, look, these guys are dying in droves, right? Mm -hmm. The the persons over seventy are really high risk. So, if the vaccine, um, the 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 side effects or the potential ill effects of the vaccine cannot outweigh the um it, it cannot be worse than covid because right. really it would sorry it would be worse than covid in the young group right it, it can sorry let me be clear it can potentially be worse than covid in a younger group right right, right. so you will right. trial it in somebody who you can find you will trial it in a group that you can find rational for, for using it you say all right, right. protect these people and you know they're already dying their death rate is pretty high so i mean right. you understand yeah so so if, if you if what we're doing is basically the leaders of the of the various countries because we fall under the amc 92 countries right the 92 poorest countries that they're basically looking for covax to, to to target um and you have judgment uh, people making judgments based on these vaccine rollouts we are seeing that everybody not getting the vaccine equally. So everybody not getting the same vaccine. But generally, the AMC-92 is getting the AstraZeneca. Um, but wouldn't even that require some sort of controlled management of how that vaccine rolls out in terms of, well, what sort of variants your country is exposed to? In other words, considering the uniqueness of the country and how they respond, as in the case of Seychelles and Chile, because yeah. Seychelles and Chile uh, give really um, interesting results. I, I don't know if you could talk a little bit about those results so that people could understand that it's not a one-size-fits-all. Yeah, so both of them, well, you remember, they are, so, so Chile is a Sinovax country, right? Right. Sinovax is a different vaccine. That's, a, I think, an attenuated virus, more mm -hmm. similar similar to the to the original type vaccines not not like these more designer vaccines like the mrna or astrazeneca um what chile has seen after vaccinating more than 50 percent of its population is an unprecedented surge in deaths mm -hmm. you understand what i'm saying here yeah so what chile has seen after vaccinating highly right is that their death rate went up mm -hmm. Where's that one, boy? <laughs> <laughs> and not 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 by a small amount. Because we're looking at we're looking at uh, nine thousand cases a day right now, huh? as at April 9th. 
And how yeah. much percentage of the population has been vaccinated? Well, 50%. 50%. 50%. About 50%, yeah. So okay. what, what, in, what in your estimation would have contributed to the vaccine rollout and the, the relationship to that? Uh, what, would, what in my estimation would, contributed? would be contributing to the fact that they have such a high rate of vaccination and, it, and you, you're saying that how it is after the vaccination drive that they would have had a spike? Are you saying that? Is All that right. what happened? So, so let me show you some data here. Why did, is there a particular reason that you brought up Seychelles, though? Uh, What's your take well, on Seychelles? Yeah, partner of mine, Ravi, big up, I know Ravi on the, on, on the chat, but Ravi, my partner from Seychelles, so he telling me where he's seen out there, you know? Yeah. What what exactly? <laughs> How Seychelles look good? Looking good? So, Seychelles, so let me give you numbers on Seychelles, and I'll tell you why in particular Seychelles is so interesting, Doc. If you look at the global index of everybody that gets vaccinated across the world, we yeah. spoke about some of those numbers last week. Trinidad is 130 out in the in, in the index. Gibraltar is first with with, yes. with 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 a very high number. Seychelles is second in the world. Second yeah. in the world, going at 126 doses per hundred people, 123,000 doses issued. 58.2% uh, of them are vaccinated. Their rising numbers, they it basically had almost no numbers until they started to vaccinate around December. And between December and now, you had a steady rise to 6,000 cases a day. Compare that to Trinidad, which facing, um, you know, 11,000 11, cases overall. Uh, and Trinidad is 13 times the size of Seychelles. What you're saying, what you're saying is that Seychelles did not have any cases. Very minimal. Correct. And what happened after they vaccinated? I think there was a relaxation of a lot of the the, the, the restrictive measures in terms of the social distancing, the mass, just as like what happening in the US right now, where CDC has now said, well, if you're vaccinated, you could gather without masks. So it's a series of so, strategies. So, so like what we're saying then is that the vaccination, that the relaxation of the measures, is really um, that is the that is the um, the corollary that results in a spike in cases after vaccination. Correct. That's so, what so we're saying. So is a, a public health is a public health management. Uh, effect the vaccine is just like a trigger or, or, or a method that that these leaders use to then trigger certain certain public health decisions. All right, let, let's let's go through some data, right? Yeah. Now, if you want on your screen, if mm-hmm. you want to pull up, if you want to pull up the UK data, you can type in UK COVID. Now, I so, have so all this. You, you still can't share, Doc. Uh, try try clicking share, but uh, yeah. on share screen. Um, yeah. You have multiple screens up. Well, not really, you know. Just once, just one screen. Try, try sharing the screen one more time and see and see if it'll come true. We yeah, we had done a test run and it worked, but um, mm-hmm. you, know, you know these things because go some. Through Streamlabs, so you should be able to get through. Yeah, so we would really like to see that 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 that. Try again. I see somebody yeah, coming. Just think that we know what we do in our mumble Facebook. Do have that. <laughs> 
No, we're using Facebook. We we using stream stream loud. So most seats think we need we back with them. Are you seeing my um screen? No. No. Ah. I don't know why that's happening. But let me let me try to pull it up. UK COVID. Sorry. Go ahead. Go to UK COVID. Right. Uh huh. We're just using this as an example, and I'm going to read to you some data. I, I, this is really unfortunate because I have the papers right in front of me. I would have loved it if you could have seen it. Um, all right, let's 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 see. Let's see. Let, let me just open it up and see. Right? But it's okay. We can always share it afterwards. All right, all right, all right. Wait, 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 Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I, I I got in it here. Come, come, come. Look at here. People, we learn in this technology. No. I mean, I mean, we mightn't be as backward as teeth think we are, but we still learn <laughs> technology. We still learn it. Apparently, there was it. it, it yeah, um, hold on, hold on, hey, guys. I had to add it. I had to add it to the stream, but it was enough. It was out of my screen. It was like I had to scroll on to see it. Change. Ain't good. Ain't good at it. All right. Okay. 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 So you see my screen now? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. you could, you have free reign there now, dog. You have free reign there now. So you see my screen, right? Take my Okay. So this is data. This is data by Bernal and Andrews and Gower and so on. So these are guys who are in public health England. So this is the public health England. So after we did the study Reggie, by voice, see which I was showing you. Rajiv, maximize it on your screen there. Maximize it. All right. You seen yeah. it now? You seen it yeah. now? Yeah. So, uh, so what I talked to you about before was safety and efficacy. That's this one. This is by Voice Etal. You can download it. You can type it in. Right. This is the actual data that was used to uh, to roll out the vaccine. Right. Now, after they roll out the vaccine, this paper comes out. So let me get to the top of this paper. Okay. So, so this is the Public Health England um, data. What's happening here? And um, this is from different parts of England. So you see in Cardiff and Ireland and Glasgow and so on, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So they, they were trying to figure out, they wanted to see what is the real world effectiveness of Pfizer, the Pfizer and the AstraZeneca vaccine, which they were using at the time in England. They started mm-hmm. to use the Pfizer vaccine on the 8th of December. And they brought out the AstraZeneca vaccine a little later. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what they wanted to do, they, they studied all patients who were 70 years and older who came into the hospital with symptoms of COVID. Not necessarily COVID, but flu-like symptoms. So they say, all right, all these guys, 70 years and over, at that point in time when the vaccination started on the 8th of December, they were only vaccinating persons over 70 and over. They First, they started with 80 years and over. Then they went to 70 years and over. Okay? So, mm-hmm. so during that time, nobody under 70 was getting vaccinated besides some healthcare workers. Okay? All right. So they were looking at all the patients aged 70 years and over who were getting vaccines, and they wanted to see how these people were doing after they got their vaccine. All right? So, right. Um, Okay. So what they found, what they found was that vaccine effects, they found that um, initially uh, vaccinated persons had a higher odds of testing positive in the first nine days after vaccination. You hearing what I'm saying, right? 
Yeah. In the first um, nine days Rajiv, after Rajiv, vaccination. I think it, it hit it a little more Zoom. And for people who are on their phone and thing. Because if, all right, all if right. you're on the phone, it wouldn't be hit it a little more Zoom. Like right. Zoom it up. Okay. Yeah, right. That's what we're talking about. Right. That's what we're talking so, about. Right. So in the first nine days after vaccination, they found that the odds of, um, of, of testing positive for COVID increased. Hmm. With an odds ratio of 1.48, confidence interval well over 1. So this is statistically significant. Therefore, hmm. it indicated that these people had a higher risk of underlying infection. What they reasoned was that those persons who eventually got the vaccine but then ended up having a higher risk of getting COVID was that after getting the vaccine, the process of getting the vaccine itself and the fact that they were a more vulnerable position, um, population um, imbued a higher risk of getting the, the COVID because in the immediate post-vaccination period, the vaccine does not work. Okay? It takes about two weeks for the vaccine to actually work. Right? Mm. So there's some time when you are actually more vulnerable after getting the vaccine. And this is, of course, the same thing you're saying. You know, oh God, you're going to say shells, everybody get vaccinated, they walk outside, everybody start getting COVID, all kind of nonsense. Right? Okay. Mm. What they said after that was that the vaccine effects... It, it reached an effectiveness of 70% after um, 28 days, okay? So, so, so they're saying, okay, yeah, it works, it works, it works, but not, not, in, the, not in the immediate period, not in the immediate period. They said, this is the abstract I'm reading, they said they had an additional 43% lower risk of emergency hospitalization and an additional 51% lower risk of death in the vaccinated population. So it seems as if the vaccine... Is working quite well okay mm. all right now when we get into the actual data the data really struck me okay mm. if you look at it here there were about a hundred and fifty six thousand nine hundred and thirty persons um were successfully linked to vaccination data so so basically they had a full data set on these guys so they a hundred and fifty six thousand persons this they, they studied all of these persons were coming into the NHS because they had some kind of fever or runny nose or sore throat or something or, or loss of smell or something. And they said, okay, we're going to test all these guys, right? Mm -hmm. What they found was that 44,590 persons tested positive and 112,340 persons tested negative. Yeah, you're following me so far? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So, but what, something very interesting emerged here. What I saw, as you can clearly see it right here, among the positive tests, 44,590, 19,000, sorry, I'm saying the opposite, eh? 19,960 got AstraZeneca. Let me be, let me um, correct myself. AstraZeneca was started before Pfizer. Yeah. I may have made that error and said the opposite. Yeah. Right. Let me correct myself. 19,960 got AstraZeneca, 12,872 persons got the Pfizer-BioNTech, and 11,758 were unvaccinated, which means that 74% of persons who had COVID were vaccinated. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. 
I, I find that to be rather disturbing. Yeah, but that, nobody was really claiming that you're not going to get COVID. The whole, the whole, the whole plan, from what I understood, of the vaccine was to reduce strain on hospitalization. So, as you, I think you mentioned before, that uh, part of the results did show that the the severe symptoms were reduced, and it wasn't ended up in hospital, and thus you wasn't gonna less likely to die. Yeah, this is what they are saying. So what I did, so here you can see the data here goes on. Okay, this is, let, let's go here. This is the 70 year old. Persons over 70, you can see that the odds ratio of getting COVID after getting the vaccine up to day 14 to 20 was, well, actually up to day 28 was increased. Okay, but it was significantly increased up to day 20. 1.29%. It went up to 1.44. So you had a higher risk of getting COVID after getting vaccinated with the vaccine. Right? Right. Because mm -hmm. as you say, you're relaxed and you're going around and you're feeling. Now we know. I wouldn't suggest that. No, okay. it could be a false positive, yeah. you know. It could be a false, it right. could be that you're testing positive, but you're not right. positive. It could be that right. too. Okay. It could be if you really look at the people who search out vaccination, right? They are typically the kinds of persons who act in a more responsible manner. They're right. not the kind, and we're talking about persons over 70 years, okay? Right. We're not talking about persons. They would have given them, because it is common knowledge that you still have to wear a mask, you still have to be careful, you still have to, okay? So mm -hmm. I, I don't think, and besides which, they would have gone home and so on. So I don't mm -hmm. think that these are people who are going on, they're going on the beach and all markers and things. Well, this is England, right? right? But it's not like that yeah. you're going on <laughs> Mm -hmm. I might disagree with that. I might disagree with that. Oh, all right, all right. So, I'll say right. that <laughs> anecdotally. I had somebody at, ask me to hold my child. Now. So you can yes, pull up. Please. All right, I will pull it up for you. Let me pull it up here now. Okay, mm. let us look here. England, COVID, right? All right. No, no, this is not just now. United Kingdom, COVID. United Kingdom. All right. All right, let's look at the deaths now. Okay, let's zoom into the deaths here, right? So the period that we're looking at here, when the study was being conducted, remember this, this study is 156,000 persons, which is a sample of, of the people coming in. It's just a sample, it's not a survey. It's not everybody. The vaccine drive started on the 8th of December, okay? So you had a wave starting somewhere in October and the wave is climbing up gradually. Then you have the vaccine coming in here at the 8th of December. Okay. All right. So let us look and see here now. This is the actual data. This is the actual data here. Here it is. Right. Just now. You're seeing my, you're seeing my screen, right? Yes. Right. Just now. Let me give you. Uh, Okay, this is the actual data for the world. Okay, these mm -hmm. are the COVID, COVID deaths for the world, right? This is every country in the world. You could download it. Anybody could download it. Okay? New deaths, deaths, all right? So I just pulled it up for the UK. Right. I compared it as well to the death rate of the persons in the UK over 70. Not, not by COVID, just generally. Right. right? Just now, let me pull this up here. What we found here 
was that this is the persons over 70. Don't worry about the axis too much. But this is the weeks in the pandemic. This is up to 55 weeks in the pandemic. This is the first wave which occurred in April 2020. This is the second wave that occurred in January 2021. Yeah? This around here is December the, December the 8th. If you look at it here, the actual number of persons that died in the second wave exceeded the first wave. So at the peak week, in the peak week which was right here, this background here, is the total number of persons dying over 70 years okay right this background right. here is total this is only 70 years and over right mm -hmm. so this year is the peak week in april now let me just read that data for you here so this is the data here yeah sorry what is happening here okay in the first wave in the peak week of the first wave there were 17,996 deaths. Can you read what I'm seeing here? Mm -hmm. You all can read what I'm seeing here? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. You all can see my screen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the peak week of the first wave, there were 17,996 deaths between the 18th and the 24th of April 2020. And COVID accounted for 32%, 32.8%, which was about 5,000 deaths. Some of my things got erased. Right. Yeah. Might want to yeah. This is in the first wave. So this was thirty-two percent of the deaths were, were COVID. In the second wave, which is January, right? The peak week of the second wave, there were fourteen thousand seven hundred and thirty-six deaths in persons over seventy. That's between the twenty-third and the twenty-ninth of January. So if you look at your screen here, that's here. Okay, that's right here. 20, 20, 20, 20, 30, 29th of January. That's it, ready. In persons over 70. COVID now accounted for 8,406 deaths. That means that during this time, 57% of deaths in persons over 70 were due to COVID. Okay? So the second wave is much worse than the first. 57% of deaths. That's in the peak week, eh? Seven day period. Right. By this time, 6,353 6, persons were already vaccinated. Okay? 80% of persons were vaccinated over 70 in England at the time of this of this peak week of this death rate. Right. So, you so, what that, I'm brings the, so that brings me to the question, Doc. So if you were to look at that, I I mean we can't categorically say that the trail-off of the numbers uh in terms of the death, that same graph that you had up. Uh, the graph on Google. Yeah. Now, go, go back to the graph on Google. This one, right. yeah. Correct. Right. So this trail yeah, that you see in coming towards April is something that people could attribute yes. to uh, the vaccine working for that specific uh, range of people, right? So if it is, I would say, well, okay, well, this is a demonstration that this, the vaccine, the rollout of the vaccine program helps the situation uh, with the deaths of people uh, in that vulnerable uh, region above above 70 um, due to COVID. Click now, Doc, the equivalent for Seychelles. For Seychelles? So can we just click now? Yeah, United Kingdom. No, just change no, United no, no, Kingdom. No. Let's, let's trash out the reasoning quickly, right? Mm. What we're seeing here, what we're seeing here is you are saying that this attenuation in the wave is due to vaccination, right? Correct. You're saying that this is going down because of vaccination. Correct. What happened Correct. here in the first wave? Correct. 
That's the question I'm asking. The lockdown. So, what would you? So what would you say the lockdown. So you say you thinking that it's seasonality. Yeah, some people can say seasonality, right? You could say lockdown, but as I told you, the lockdowns usually trail off. They usually come in at a time when everybody already got sick and they're getting sicker. They already got infected and they're getting sick. Mm-hmm. But so what we're saying here is that we are attributing we are attributing the attenuation of the second wave to the vaccination, right? But what we're saying is that in the critical period, in the critical period after the patients were vaccinated, within that first two weeks, when they had a higher odds ratio of getting va- getting COVID, there's a massive mm-hmm. spike in cases and deaths. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Now I yeah. cannot say. I, I cannot tell you exactly why that is. What right. I can tell you is that if you look, if you look at, if you look at many places around the world. Now I study many different countries, right? Let's take, let's take mm. for example, Canada started its vaccine drive on the sixth of January, and here you mm. have the sixth, the sixth of January is around here, right? Yeah. Then you see it started on this peak here, and then we have a second peak right afterwards with a higher number of deaths. Where's the dead? Here you have here Brazil. Brazil started right here on the 23rd of January. And here we have this massive spike here. I'm not saying, I'm not, I cannot tell you exactly why that is. What I'm saying is, is there seems to be a temporal relationship with mass vaccination rollout and some spike in this. So, as as the Canadian here, if you look at living through. Canada. So I think. Look at Chile here. Look at. Chile. I think there's something to be said, or maybe it's the language that's been used. There, I think there might be a difference between countries rolling out the vaccine and people actually taking the vaccine. I think that's two different things because the government of Canada rolled out vaccine, but people wasn't taking the vaccine. So yes, the vaccination started on the sixth or whatever, but there was a lot of vaccine hesitancy. And no, then, if you and look then, at where um, the vaccine I, rollout, and then someone look say, at March. Look at March in um, Canada. If you look at March in Canada yeah. and you look at March here, you will see that March, when, when it really started to ramp up in Canada, then you start to see this massive surge. This is in cases, but deaths is the same. You could t- Anybody here who's looking could type it in. Just type in Canada COVID cases and time it. Look here, you could see, right. this is what? This is Chile. Let's look at here. If you look at Gibraltar, have a look at Gibraltar. Gibraltar is 100% vaccinated. Gibraltar had very little deaths prior to the vaccines. The vaccine started on the 10th of January. Look at here, 10th of January, and that is the only time you had a massive spike in deaths. Everybody is attributing and saying people behaving bad. That is why they get the vaccine and behaving bad. What I'm saying mm-hmm. is that, okay, that may be one, that may be one explanation. But I'm saying that it is something that should give us a little pause. That it is a phenomenon that we should be studying. Right? Right. There was a little spike in Hawaii here. If you look at Hungary, once again, you have a massive, you have a massive surge right after vaccination started here. You could see it was ramping up somewhere in March. Then you have a massive surge. Right here, you could see this is Hungary deaths. So this is the actual cases, this is the deaths. You could see there's a surge. You could always see that the wave after the vaccine, there's a higher spike. Have a look at if you let's look yeah. at India too. India was very, very, very stable in yeah. January. They started to surge vaccination in Maharashtra, which was on the 15th of March. Look what happens after that. 
Yeah, but they also started to surge in and relax other measures, though. Not, not really. India was well, never really. You cannot mask I mean, India. Really you could have never masked India. India, yeah. Yeah. India is a place that they are mixing and so on. Yeah, and, and remember, you also had like the Kumbh Mela and thing happening around that time that they really couldn't control. That 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 is, you know, that that is something. So is it is it activity? Is, 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 really. is it, but then is it activity? Is 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 does the activity? So I mean, all yeah. of this said that there seems to we of course no one no one here is saying that the um that it is the fault of this one cause or that oh there is no relation to there's gray areas obviously in this all right yeah. but um clearly there must be some form of social activity or social um disposition that bleeds into something to do with this because i mean in india we know for a fact that whether it's maharashtra whatever whichever area mm. it was there um where, where are the, right now where, where is india really feeling the brunt of it right now new delhi and um new delhi and in maharashtra, maharashtra and where there was the highest number of vaccinations now is, what, is that the maharashtra, is maharashtra the only because is maharashtra the only area where they no, are no, seeing no, that no, 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 it's spiking. It is spiking because there's a lot of... They, no, no, no. And there's vaccination all across India. India is nearly 10%. India is about 10% vaccinated. Right? Right. Sure. But usually you start to see the spike around 5 to 10%. Right? Right. Now, I, I, again, I, you have to be very careful in making these assertions because they do not hold true right. for every place. Okay. You can look here at Qatar. You see the same trend in Qatar. Vaccination started. Um... 36% Qatar has vaccinated 36% of its population. Then you could see a massive, you could see the surge in deaths. Here you could see Nigeria is one of the safest places in the world when it comes to, in fact, most of the African continents have very, very little deaths. Very, very little deaths. Um, if you look at um, Monaco, we're not seeing that exact trend. Um, the United States, Israel. So Israel is a, is a, is another thing that is, is quite interesting. Um, so, Serbia, we so, still so, see the trend. So, Here you can so see Singapore. The trend doesn't exist. The trend doesn't exist. Twenty four percent, but we're not seeing any spikes here. Yeah. Um. I mean, one one thing I want to I want to point out, Doc. I mean, because clearly, Cotter. I mean, the the level of interest that we're getting from the comments and from the viewers, and I mean, even for me sitting here, I mean, there's a whole great set of information you bring in up that I think is something that we really we really wanted to, to get in the discussion. Um, to, to really, we, you know, we're talking pure facts, no matter what level the facts are. But one comment I want to make, Doc, um, before we, 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 we look to segue towards uh, the, 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 latter, the latter part of the, uh, of the discussions, because I think, Cutter, we would have to do multiple um, shows to really get to the bottom of, of, of this data. But one point that I want to point out is that, one, the data tells a very interesting story. And, and we really appreciate, Doc, you showing us uh, where we could get this data so that people could make an informed uh, position, as we always say, knowledge is power. Um, but just looking at the data, we could see that there are different stories depending on what place around the world um, you, know, you look at. Um, so one thing that one one thing that I want to spark the conversation coming to the end here is the topic of vaccine sovereignty. 
which is something that has been uh, picking up momentum over the past month or so. Uh, Turkey is really pushing it very hard. Uh, uh, Cuba is pushing it very hard. And now there are actually some concerns coming within the Caribbean region where Trinidad has to basically beg for vaccines, where we have uh, one of the largest manufacturing capacity uh, across the Caribbean. So between us and Jamaica, we're basically the powerhouses of manufacturing. Why, if the AstraZeneca cocktail or recipe, for lack of a better word, is open and people could access it, which is different to the Pfizer and Moderna, where people are, are lobbying for them to, 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 to liberalize, uh, liberalize their recipe as well. Why doesn't Trinidad uh, create its own vaccine and manufacture it locally? Um. Why, why don't we, if we have the capacity, why do we keep depending on, so, so no problem in asking people for it, but if we're looking at a two-year exit strategy, why doesn't the leadership basically look to um, build that capacity? I mean, I, I personally met with 19 of the, of the strongest manufacturers in, in Trinidad, and I could tell you they have significant capacity. So why, why not basically give them the recipe of AstraZeneca and basically say, listen, guys, by the end of the year, you produce two hundred fifty thousand. You produce two hundred fifty thousand. So by next year, I, I, I just maybe I'm maybe I'm a little um ill-informed about this. You're saying that the AstraZeneca patent is open to the public. Yeah, yeah. AstraZeneca is one of the few that is open. Uh, the two that is not open is the large pharmaceutical pharmaceuticals, which is Pfizer and Moderna. Pfizer and Moderna not 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 open, but the AstraZeneca one is public. I will have to find the actual link, but I found it on the WHO website a couple of days ago. Uh huh. So so so. Um, I we don't have any um, we we, we don't have a legacy of um of GMP, um, uh, uh, for 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 um pharmaceutical manufacture. So, um, you know, it, it, I, I don't see how, um, I mean, we don't even manufacture Panadol, I think. I, I think it will be, um, right, and, and, and carry, the conversation, carry the conversation further in that right now, um, you have, let me see, let me see if I get, if I get it faster. All right. Um, right. But, so the same EMA, the same EMA, which is the which is the organization outer EU, uh, sued AstraZeneca for breach of uh, contract because they didn't deliver the ninety million doses that they were that they were actually promised. And right. the result of that is that they pivoted to uh, Pfizer um, in a record one point eight billion dollar deal. All right, and that's the largest vaccine deal uh, across the world right now. So essentially what you have is, is the EU um, medical leader uh, essentially saying that, you know, I understand the flux that we are caught between in terms of who is going to get these vaccines first. I mean, Trinidad is in a, Trinidad to be in a very sad state in terms of uh, getting vaccines, uh, something that I don't think is going to change because of how uh, the COVAX is structured for the AMC, for, for, for the AMC 92 countries. 
So if it is, we always going to be lowest on the pecking order. Um, the question is, uh, these same EMA people reaching out to Belgium, they're reaching out to the Serum Institute of India, uh, and a few others in India. India has come out and said, listen, we have to see about our people first. Doc, if that continues for the next six months, because the situation in India is really bad, is it that everyone will just continue to fold their hands and say, well, we are to wait on India? And I'm saying that from a, from, from a, from a public health leadership um, perspective. It's not an easy question to answer, you know, and it, it's basically do we continue to wait to get vaccines or do we start to create an environment within Trinidad and Tobago, within Jamaica, which is the two manufacturing uh, giants in the region, to start to innovate towards uh, being able to manufacture that. And, and the reason why I'm saying that, I ain't just pulling it out of a hat. Uh, if you look at Taiwan, a lot of people saying, why did why was Taiwan's response to the COVID thing so, so good? Why, why was it so good? And I'm saying that because I'm in the Pacific. So everyone talks about Taiwan over here and how well they're doing. And Taiwan's story has been consistent, which is that, listen, by the time COVID hit us, that wasn't the first pandemic that we faced over the past three years. We just came off of SARS. So because we just came off of SARS and we were hit almost as bad as everybody's being hit by, by COVID now, all our systems, our manufacturing, our technology, everything had upgraded to deal with SARS. So by the time COVID came, all our systems were already resilient enough to deal with SARS. But you see, their leadership took the, the, the responsibility to grow that capacity in the industry. In other words, right. you know, in, in, in our case in the Caribbean, you know, we are being told, fold your hands and just take, take, take what you take what you get. I am saying I think I think we're not giving ourselves enough credit. If it is, you know, the issue is is controls, then that's a public health issue that needs to be addressed from that side. So that means some some expert needs to be brought in in order to set the controls. That means enforcement isn't in place in order to create the environment. Now, the nature of, of, of Caribbean people and Trinis is that, you know, well, boy, who you going to do, have to do that? Matooks, you're going to get sunshine snacks that you're going to take. But don't get tired. Sunshine snacks, which is associated brands, is one of the largest manufacturers in the entire region. Eh? And every Caribbean island that you go, you will see a product from associated brands. They are known as one of the best manufacturers that it have out there. So the question is, if they could manufacture something like chocolate, why you can't manufacture something like a vaccine? And I'm not saying that to say it is, you know, a ridiculous comment. It's a comment that people will back against the wall. You understand? You just get 40,000 well, I mean, to be happy with that. You understand? Yeah, I mean, I, I always thought that we should be, um, you know, we, we, we have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of potential. We have the petrochemical industry has been here. Um, oh. And we have, we have um, a lot of um, capacity to have, have a, a thriving pharmaceutical industry. I mean, Barbados manufactures a few things. <laughs> we use Barbados drugs here. Um, so I, I can't answer why I find it ridiculous myself. <laughs> Sometimes you look at some of these devices that we use, medical devices, like even like a needle 
or, or um, all of these things we could do normal saline we should be able to do these things right because we, we we're running dry on these things too a lot of drugs and so on very common old time drugs that are very mm-hmm. essential on the who mm-hmm. essential is we should have been able to manufacture i totally agree with you mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. But that comes into a whole discussion yeah. about our the culture and the the the, yeah. the of things and and the yeah. tree curse of training. Yeah, but, yeah, but Cutter, here why I saying that the question that the lady asked originally that when you put her on the phone, that was the question she asked. You know, she said, "Well, if Cuba coming with vaccine, should we take that?" That's what Cuba is one of the leaders of vaccine sovereignty. That is exactly what Cuba is doing. And you know, Cutter, if Cuba come with doctors, Trini is the first in line. Yes, send your doctors by we. Yeah. Yes, send your nurses by we. So there is faith in that system over there. So you feel if Cuba produce vaccines, Trina and Nagante. So then the question is really, if we take it from Cuba, why we don't have faith in our own capacity to generate something like that? Good, good, good question. Good question. It's heights. But again, as you say, we could this could take us into a, a whole another episode and so on. <laughs> um, I would, I, I want to um, just, I want to just bring talk back a bit to the all the data that was presented, and we get a lot of uh, comments and things about it. So, Doc, what would you say that you that in relation to all the data that you presented tonight, in relation to the vaccine? Um, aspect and the rollout and the spikes and all that. Do you have a hypothesis in relation to that, or is it just that you you find the data to be interesting? Um, well, I mean, the thing is, no. W- w- what happened with this virus is not a stable virus. Okay. No, I'm not a virologist, too, right? But uh, mm-hmm. I I could just postulate a little bit, right? This virus. Is mutating very very quickly very very quickly right mm-hmm. aside from the strains that we know about the brazilian south african now they talk double mutant which is the um indian strain and of course the uk strain which has become the world dominant strain they have plenty plenty mm-hmm. other strains but a lot of those strains do not seem to be as virulent as say um like the brazilian strain or so okay mm-hmm. Um, or at least they're not spreading. They're not spreading as fast. They, they they don't have as high transmissibility. Things like that. So if you go into the literature, you'll see oh they discovered a very mild strain and it's you know it's become it, it's commonplace and so on. We are trying to vaccinate in uh, I would say a coronavirus ecosystem. We are trying to knock out some strains while leaving others. Mm-hmm. This is this is what I could see. Imagine that you have the 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 um the first wave bringing in the wild type variant or the Chinese the China virus, right? It's called China virus, right? Mm-hmm. You bring in the China virus, right? The Wuhan strain, mm-hmm. and that now comes in. It's novel. It knocks down a few people. We have some deaths and so on. Then it settles into this. It settles into the the um the the population okay so let us say when they do um serology studies they say hold on 30 percent of people like they have they get this virus or 50 percent of people like when they go in india and think 50 percent of people already had the virus and everybody moving around like normal mask or no mask it don't matter anymore okay imagine if you go and you take a strategy and you knock out that strain 
this is my i i am just postulating this if you knock that strain out do you open up the field then to the spread of a new strain this is my this is my worry this is my and, fear. And, and, and what, what do you what do you mean by um knocking out that strain and opening up is the, are you talking about the nature of the virus itself and the way are we hand the way we handle it and the nature of the the virus as an entity that wants to survive and it is and it is mutating and what what, what really do you what really is the, is the well the virus don't have any the virus don't want to do anything right the virus just mm -hmm. replicate it and every time it replicates mm -hmm. it probably making some errors and it, it, it there's what you call antigenic drift so the virus is just mutating into different things from time to time okay right but what is happening is that over time um the 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 the, the virus if you it, it will try to a particular strain will emerge that is in balance with the population. It's in balance. Okay? Right. It's not killing everybody. It's just living in harmony. Because if if imagine if you have a bad strain that's killing out everybody, well, then mm -hmm. it would have killed its host. So mm -hmm. then that strain, right. that strain basically destroys its own environment. It ceases to right. exist. Right. Okay? It's like you mash up your own house, so you can't right. have nowhere to live again. Right. So the strain that is going to be, uh, that is going to come out stronger is the one that doesn't kill people. It just go from people, person to person, make them a little sick. Mm -hmm. Now, people ask, I want you to consider what happened with the Spanish flu in 1918. Okay? The Spanish flu in 1918 was much worse than COVID. It knocked mm -hmm. off about 50 million people. And we're talking about mm -hmm. persons in their 30s. People, COVID and mm -hmm. so on is older people. Okay? So the Spanish flu knocked off young people about 50 million people in a year or so, okay? In, in the first few months, it started to knock off millions of people. Mm -hmm. The question is, where is the Spanish flu now? The Spanish flu is an influenza virus, all right? There's no vaccine mm -hmm. for the Spanish flu. It had three waves, and I think each wave was worse, and then it just suddenly petered out, okay? When they, they do studies on that, the Spanish flu did not disappear. It just mutated into a form that was more amenable to its survival with its host. So when they right. look, and there was actually a scare in 1970, I think it was 1976 or so, when they say, oh God, right. swine flu coming back or the Spanish flu is coming back. And they started to try to vaccinate yeah. people and so on. That vaccine, that vaccine rollout didn't work well. They had 25 deaths in the vaccine group and they had a whole bunch of Guillain-Barre. They had some Guillain-Barre and they shut down that vaccine. Okay. But there was a worry, and they start when you study that, they say, but you know something, that is, that is a virus that is similar to the original Spanish flu. So where is the Spanish flu now? It's just right around us. It is just the seasonal flu. But, but the Spanish flu was in the 1920s, I believe? 1918, 19, yeah, yeah, 1919, 1920, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that pandemic. Right, so, okay. and, and, and when, when would you say it started to peter out and that would have been like, you know, probably about like what, how long after Yeah, you don't know, it petered out and yeah. yeah, about three years. Yeah. It was fast. I haven't petered out about three years, you know. I mean. It was fast. It wasn't, the, it was. But, the, but you said that the Spanish flu was, was, was more deadly, not so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more deadly than COVID right? for sure. But, right. but back no. then we wasn't treating people either. You didn't have steroids. You didn't have mm -hmm. inhaled steroids. You didn't have mm -hmm. any kind of antiviral. You didn't have anything. Yeah. You didn't have a nebulizer. Yeah. You didn't have oxygen. But, but, you didn't have anything. 
so but but this brings me back to, 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 to the question what what is your so what what do you actually think about the vaccination process overall what is your hypothesis on it then so that so, what that so, that be that we are, that we doing something wrong by vaccinating so the question is if we are we are interfering with an ecosystem that is evolving okay mm-hmm. viral mutants are in competition with each other herd immunity occurs okay herd immunity can come naturally or it can come through vaccination okay when you vaccinate people right it means that you create a barrier you create a buffer between a susceptible individual and a chain of individuals around them that are resistant mm-hmm. to the virus all right you have a, you have a buffer of persons who are resistant to the virus in question surrounding a person who is who is vulnerable that person who is vulnerable will only become infected if somebody who is around them brings that infection to them but if the people around them are immune to it they're not going to bring it to them that's the whole idea with herd immunity okay mm-hmm. no. and, do you, and are you and do you think that that the you know here herd immunity is one of the most talked about things since um you know i believe sweden try that approach and so on and then there's a lot of controversy with that and thing do are you uh, uh, do you think that the herd immunity approach is more sensible than the the another approach through herd immunity through vaccination or like you know is it that you think the vaccination herd immunity approach is not as effective as letting it run its course we have to take any measure that we can to reduce the death rate it is unacceptable to allow people to get virus and die that's just ridiculous mm-hmm. right, right. Mm-hmm. we literally at war and you have to be using anything at your disposal this is why early outpatient treatment to me was the most sensible and pragmatic approach it means that you what you're trying to do is that if somebody gets the virus you get it out of them as fast as possible you boost their immune system and get them over as fast as possible you don't wait on them to go home to, to, you don't leave them home then up in icu afterwards so mm-hmm. now if a person recovers from covid they will develop some level of immunity okay so you will develop immunity mm-hmm. in that way leaving what what boris johnson and they did was to me just criminal because they were playing with something that they had no clue about they just had no mm-hmm. idea what that was about okay mm-hmm. so you just say all right um many of us will die but we will that that's ridiculous many mm-hmm. of us will die that's what johnson said okay but we we are prepared we will you don't do things like that you when you don't understand something you don't mess around with it right but what i'm saying is is that here now is it is it that by knocking out the wild type strain that is common right the wild type strain now this is just a, this is just conjecture but i don't think you can be infected you can have two strains inside your body at the same time okay but i don't think that you will be diseased by them at the same time i don't think i think one will predominate if one particular strain is dominant in the society one particular strain let us say the wuhan strain is dominant which is becoming a milder strain by virtue of maybe some level of antigenic drift or something else right mm-hmm. if that strain is common to people and they are living with it happily and it is going from person to person and they're living with it and they they get a little sick and they get over like what we've been doing in Trinidad if you go and you nuke that strain out i am wondering i am wondering if you nuke it out 
if you leave the pop and you use a vaccine that selectively targets that strain but has mm. does not generate humoral immunity to the emergent strains like for example the p1 variant or the b117 variant or so if you if you use a vaccine that nukes out the original strain do you leave mm -hmm. the population vulnerable to an explosion in cases of a mutant virus that is what i am wondering and that yeah. is that's the only thing i can see to me is it helps me to understand what is going on in some of these places and that's why i wonder in the places that had a heavy rollout of vaccines early if those places, they, they, the strains came from there, South Africa, Brazil, and England. If you notice, mm -hmm. AstraZeneca started there, South Africa, Brazil, and England, you have strains coming from directly there. And, mm -hmm. and that is what is making me wonder. That is why mm -hmm. I am saying, it, I feel that we have to approach this not with hysterics, not with the mm -hmm. kind of hysterics that we have, which we're all just all piling up and so on. Right, mm -hmm. but we need to be, we need to be cautious. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and and and, and I mean, I want to add add to what the doctor saying, and perhaps it would be good to do another episode specifically about the variants and the nature of the evolution of viruses and whatnot. Uh, Chris Parr would be a good person. He's an epidemiologist, uh, epidemiologist who yeah. would have studied uh, the Ebola virus and that kind of thing. So he, he would have been experiencing, you know, the seeing and studying the evolution of, of, of viruses and whatnot. So I think uh, to have, you know, one session specifically focusing on that on the variants, because there's a lot of science there and, and there's a lot yeah. of depth to that discussion that I think uh, people people would appreciate the the, the, the the details that come with that. Yeah, we will definitely have to get Chris on and um, I will want to have Rajiv back on because they both bring a very yeah. well-informed perspective to the, to the topic now. Um, a lot of people are, uh -huh. there's, there's a question in the comments here. Yeah. This is Trini Chocolate Blog is saying, mm -hmm. but annual vaccination for influenza has not caused a super mutant deadly strain of influenza to emerge. That's true. That's because if you really look at the, the R0 of... Um, the reproduction number of influenza is a lot lower than coronavirus and influenza is a disease that allows people to self-isolate when they're sick remember i said something i remember in covid you're spreading it and you don't know this is why it's almost impossible to contain right so how is it that vaccinations are not causing a super mutant in influenza well every virus is different and that virus certainly has a different transmission characteristic versus right. this virus you know fair fair, fair enough yes um also well we had people talking about the air and the sunshine snacks so they don't know about um about that one <laughs> they're not maybe really the best person um and then and then uh, other people um like you know in, in terms to, in terms of canada as torian was saying that there would have been you know spikes in infections but little spike in deaths because they were in they would have would have been in certain areas they would have been vaccine drives due to the high level of infections in those areas and all of that so it's really it again there's so much that we could look at in terms of the the data from different realms of it like you mm -hmm. know and a lot of the data is not there for us to really say because mm -hmm. it comes down to like just what they were saying today in um in our press conferences when it comes down like like trying to get someone's history on what they did when for the past seven days when they talk to mm -hmm. them and they want to do contact tracing and the people just forget to say a million things they do 
because yeah. they just think oh, well, until we can actually back home they're not just not talking about when they stopped by the watermelon here and i'm trying to say that it's so much things you have to take into consideration with with um with the spread of the virus the yeah. spread the spikes the vaccination drive right now in trinidad right now we, we're going to use apparently all the, the doses for for first doses um yeah. we are right now 10, 10 days away from yeah. a collapse of the parallel healthcare system apparently yeah. so it's a very very interesting time and i think over the next two three weeks with the new lockdown measures it really it's really going to be interesting to see what really plays off because if it is as they say you know and if trinis continue to do what the urban dictionary has now where they said as jackass is seen and if mm-hmm. the authorities also jackass is seen as well and if mm-hmm. the and if the vaccine drives also allow for a certain level of jackassery, who knows what could be next on the horizon mm-hmm. for Trinidad and Tobago. But I want to really thank Reggie. Reggie, you'll, you'll be seeing um, a lot of different things there in the comments, but we can't touch on everything today. But we want to thank mm-hmm. you a lot for coming on and bringing your, your perspective and bringing your, your research, yeah. right? It was mm-hmm. much welcome. Um, I am pretty sure we want to have you again on the show along with another, another few uh authorities on different matters so we can all kind of feed into each other's perspectives and with that being state with that being said um what's the state of the icus the icus and the hdus are very very strained at this point in time side um it it the it, the capacity is especially for the power you can remember we have a power system that's pretty much just for covid and that's almost at its peak right now um at its point it's breaking point right now and that's gonna when that bus well, then is mad scene. And then you might really hear about curfew and that kind of thing if that is really be seen. I don't know. You don't know. Because, again, the, the authorities seem to be making it up as they go along with the measures. Because, clearly, we're back to square one with this. And um, we have, um, people appreciate the information. Nice show, guys, here, Wendell. Big up. So, yeah. Rajiv, once again, thanks for coming on. It was yeah. it was a w- wonderful, um informative discussion. Um, if you want me you to want- share any of the papers, look, I, I know... I, again, I'm reading the comments. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm saying is, to me, it's jarring. I, I think mm-hmm. it's jarring. Um, and to some extent, it is conjectural. Right. And it is based on data that we're seeing. Right. And I'm encouraging people, if they want to see the papers, if they want to look at the data, please please be curious. That's what I can say. Please be yeah. curious. Don't just... Don't just um, don't just take what you what is said by authority. Go and search for it yourself. We are all intelligent people. Go and look well, for it. You be sure. I'll be sure to put up all the all the uh, abstracts and journals and stuff that you have. I'll put them up on your on your white room page for everybody to take a look at. I mean, that's the that's the um the nitty gritty of it all. Yes, please share any scientific studies papers you have. We're doing that. That's what's all about. People keeping informed. So we're just about at the almost two hour mark. Much longer than we expected. Mm-hmm. I think I I think I up there on the screen if I'm not mistaken. So, um, are you all hearing me, right? Yeah, just talking. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, clearly, clearly, my my pan refused to, to work. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> right, but uh, thank you all very much for tuning in. I see we have a bit of viewers still on for the two hours. You all have um stamina, right? You all have stamina. <laughs> yeah, right. Travis, yes, we'll be proud of you all. So, thank you so much, Rajiv, for being here. From everyone here in the Heights room and everybody viewing, big up all yourself. Be safe. Thanks, guys. Real pleasure. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Later.